Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, September 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The Federal Reserve is signaling rock-bottom rates for the next three years, and Donald Trump is pushing for more fiscal stimulus. Plus, Snowflake had a big first day on the public markets, but some investors are concerned the cloud computing company is overvalued. Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Race will remain highly accommodative until the economy is far along in its recovery, and that, that should be a very powerful statement in supporting economic activity. That was Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell yesterday. The Fed indicated that it would not raise interest rates until at least the end of 2023. That means the U.S. Central Bank's main rate could stay close to zero for nearly three years. With me now is our U.S. markets reporter, Colby Smith. Colby, why is the Fed indicating that it will keep interest rates for so low for so long, too? I think first and foremost, it reflects the extent of the economic damage caused by the coronavirus crisis. We haven't seen in history, really, such a massive drop in economic activity so quickly. And so it's something that has required and uh, will continue to require, you know, unprecedented support from central bankers. So I think in a large part, this is, you know, the Fed acknowledging the fact that this is an economic contraction unlike anything that we've ever seen. And so it's the level of support it's willing to provide is also going to be something unlike we've ever seen. But I also think, um, you know, it reflects the fact that the Fed has recently had a bit of a rethink about the way in which it thinks about inflation. So last month, Chair Powell came out and said the Fed is going to tolerate higher rates of inflation. And that was a, a really critical breakthrough, I think, for monetary policy because the Fed has long targeted this 2% inflation rate. And now they're saying that they want to kind of average 2% inflation over time. And so what that means is that they'll be more hesitant to raise interest rates than they have been in the past and perhaps will let economic expansions run longer than they otherwise would have. So I think that's why we have uh, forecasts going out uh, as far as they do uh, for, for interest rate increases. And, and there are still even some kind of questions if the Fed will even get there by 2023. Um, Colby, what else came out of yesterday's Fed meeting? Chair Powell was very consistent, um, as it has been for a few months now, that more needs to be done on the fiscal front. So Congress, they have passed multiple relief packages to help protect the U.S. economy against further economic damage. But unfortunately, uh, the most recent talks have really stalled. Chair Powell was pretty explicit, as other Fed officials have been as well recently, that the Fed can't do this alone. Inflation is not going to average 2% over time, and the economic recovery will proceed more slowly if spending from Congress doesn't come quickly and doesn't come in a large enough uh, size. So again, he was he was really kind of consistent in his message that the Fed needs some help here. Does the Fed feel pressure to do more if Congress and the White House fail to pass another stimulus package? I think they'll definitely be more sensitive to the need for additional support in, in that type of reality here. But ultimately, what we have seen is financial assets have done really, really well. And we've seen you know, a pretty strong rebound and recovery in equity markets really since the March lows during kind of the worst of the financial panic caused by the coronavirus outbreak. There have been kind of some concerns about financial stability, but again, those feel secondary to the broader economic issue that Americans are dealing with at the moment, that I do think that the Fed is going to kind of remain quite sensitive to whether or not 
Congress is doing what the Fed thinks it needs to be doing, which is, you know, providing more relief for Americans. Colby Smith is our U.S. markets reporter. Thanks, Colby. Thank you. And Mr. Powell isn't the only one looking for a fiscal boost. President Trump nudged members of his own party to improve their stimulus proposal. Republicans and Democrats in Congress have been deadlocked for months over the size of the country's next stimulus package. The Democrats pitched $3 trillion back in May. Republicans responded with their own package, worth about $500 billion. But yesterday, Trump tweeted, saying, quote, go for much higher numbers, Republicans. It all comes back to the USA anyway. The president and White House chief of staff, Mark Meadows, have signaled they're restarting negotiations with Democrats and are increasingly optimistic about finding a compromise. And Snowflake made a splash yesterday during its stock market debut. Shares in the cloud computing company doubled in value on Wednesday. That gave the company a market capitalization of more than $70 billion, well above the $12 billion it was valued at in February. Miles Krupa is back on the show to talk about Snowflake. Hi, Miles. Hi, Mark. Good to be back. Miles, busy week for you, uh, and Snowflake is part of it. It's the largest initial public offering for a U.S. software company, and it's also the largest IPO of the year in the U.S. Uh, why is there so much excitement here? So Snowflake's product is what we call a data warehouse, which basically allows big companies to manage and analyze multiple data sources, and their version runs entirely on remote cloud systems like Amazon Web Services. The reason investors love this company is because of its massive revenue growth, more than 120% year over year, and its ability to keep customers signed up. But Snowflake also was opportunistic in that it caught on to a huge wave of demand for tech companies that can help manage the shift to remote working during the pandemic. According to one index, cloud companies have gained 60% this year, which is more than double the NASDAQ. Wow. So, I I mean, a lot of people betting that this work-from-home trend is going to continue, and a, a lot of that is driving the optimism behind this company. But are there any concerns that Snowflake is overvalued? Yes, there are plenty. (laughs) Um, So Snowflake only made a bit over $260 million of revenues in its most recent fiscal year. And it's worth noting the company is still heavily loss-making. And even when you look at the company's projected revenues, it is still very richly valued compared to other cloud businesses. The other problem is that it has big competitors in Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Oracle, who have all been devoting major resources to copying Snowflake's best features. Some analysts are predicting that cloud service companies will increasingly be competing on price going forward, which could pose more problems for Snowflake. It'll be interesting to see how Snowflake addresses that on its first earnings call. Miles Krupa is our venture capital correspondent. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Mark. And before we go, the European division of Starbucks served $175 million in dividends to its U.S. parent company last year. That's despite recording a 99% fall in pre-tax profit, the division spent more on developing takeaway and drive-through services. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.